Open your Bibles with me to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. I'd like to read the last three verses to you. These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Amen Amen and amen. Our brother Paul wrote young Timothy his ministerial understudy and encouraged him with these verses about the importance of the local church of Jesus Christ, which is the pillar and ground of the truth. We are to be the foundation and the supporting strength of the truth that God has revealed to us. We are to hold it fast, to teach it plainly, and to defend it vigorously, lest it be lost. We are to be its foundation in the world. And that truth is summarized in the 16th verse, which, when I preached to you a number of years ago, is one of my favorite ministerial events of my life. Because I love that 16th verse and its six-fold description of the great mystery of godliness. Right. It's describing the Lord Jesus Christ. He was God manifest to humanity in the flesh. The Lord Jesus Christ was justified in the Spirit by miracles and His resurrection from the dead, proving Him to be the Son of God. The Lord Jesus Christ was seen of angels, helped by angels, and had angels attending His ministry throughout His life. The Lord Jesus Christ was preached unto the Gentiles. Thanks be to God for the fourth item here, because He was preached to us. The Lord Jesus Christ was believed on in the world by worldly nations like ours, and He was received up into glory where He sits at the right hand of the Majesty on high. It is called the mystery of godliness because it is unknown to the rest of the world. These things are unknown. They are not appreciated. In fact, they are despised because they do not know the God behind them nor His Son that He sent into this world. But my brethren, these six things that are listed here about our Lord Jesus Christ are without controversy great mysteries. Without controversy, these items are hidden wisdom which God hath ordained to our glory. 1 Corinthians 2, 6-8. through 8. However, this short list of six items stops far short of Romans chapter 8, verses 19-23. through 23. It stops far short of 2 Peter chapter 3 and the new heavens and the new earth. 
This list stops far short of Revelation chapter 21. This list here only describes what was done by our Lord Jesus Christ and His apostles during His time of humiliation in this world. But there's glory that followed and there is glory that is coming. Glory that we can hardly describe, we can hardly read, and the best the Holy Spirit knows to do with us in our present condition is to give us chapters like Revelation 21 filled with figurative language just to give you a picture to blow your mind. You do not need to go in there and and do a Google search and read Wikipedia about a tarpaz. It's not going to help your understanding. All you need to do is remember that the saints of God have been the poor of the earth and they're going to a place that God wants to describe as having gates and foundations made of jewels and a city of pure gold. The bride of the Lord Jesus Christ is not a city. The bride of the Lord Jesus Christ is you and me. But the picture is of a city because in the Word of God, a bride is a woman or a city. In this particular chapter, it's the city. The false city in Revelation chapter 17 is compared to the great whore. That's false religion. That's the Roman Catholic impostors. But Revelation 21 is to give you a picture of what's coming and the beauty that we're going to be adorned with when we meet the Lord Jesus Christ and God is going to be our God and we are going to be His people forever and ever. This list falls far short, though I love this list, and this list by itself is without controversy great. But there's more, and it's in Romans chapter 8. I I rejoice at the blessed privilege to talk to you this day about facts and information and knowledge that the world does not have a clue about. At the same time, I am overwhelmed at my inability to properly describe, explain, and apply these things to you. The local church of Jesus Christ, this is a meeting of a secret society. They do not know who we are. They do not understand the body of truth and knowledge that we have in this church. Just like they do not know the God of heaven, so they worship idols or themselves. Just like they do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, so they crucified Him unjustly. The men out there, no matter how intellectual or how educated, do not know where this universe came from. They do not know its purpose. They do not know the purpose of their own lives. They consider themselves beasts. They look at an orangutan, a baboon, or a monkey, and think that they are viewing their relatives. That is what education gets you. They do not know where we came from or why we exist, speaking of ourselves and the whole material universe around us, let alone the future of the universe. We know where the universe came, the source of its existence, why it exists, the nature of its present existence, and its future. And it's a body of knowledge and truth that we get to share in this assembly of a secret society meeting 
of the sons of God. He has taken care of his sons of God, whether there were eight of them in the ark, or whether there were a few thousand in the catacombs under the city of Rome, or whether there were a few ten thousands in the mountainous regions of Wales west of London. He has preserved his sons, and he is coming for his sons, and he's going to tear this universe up. There is going to be an explosion of energy coming out of every cell when it melts with fervent heat that this world cannot comprehend or measure with their so-called supercomputers that haven't added one thing to our lives. Everything is going to melt with fervent heat. But the law of, of thermodynamics that relate to the energy in the universe, when every cell is melted down, the energy that's going to be released is going to be astronomical, and it's going to recreate a new heaven and a new earth by the overseeing power of our Creator. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, reformed for our eternal pleasure. Great is the mystery of godliness. This list ends short, because for this particular context, This is all Paul wanted to give Timothy, because he gave Timothy lots to consider in Romans chapter 8, which we will consider this day. Brethren, I'm overwhelmed in two respects. The information, the truth, the knowledge that God's given us, and my inability to tell you about it. So be merciful, pray for me, sing with all your mights and love the God of heaven, who is telling us things that will most surely come to pass because the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Let us pray. Our Holy Father, our Creator and Lord of heaven and earth, we bless and praise Thy holy name, for there is no God beside Thee. But we also bless and praise Thy holy name, Because Thou hast sent Thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to redeem us and the whole creation from the consequences of the sin of our first parents. And Heavenly Father, it groans, and we groan with it, waiting for the complete deliverance from sin that infects, affects, and corrupts everything we are in our flesh, and everything we see and touch. We look forward to the great blessing and the deliverance of our bodies from sin and this universe from sin and to have a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness, where you will be our God and we shall be your people forever and where we shall be adorned with the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ and made beautiful in the splendid glory that we read about in the 21st chapter of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Our Father in heaven, have mercy upon us this day. We hate our sinful selves. We hate our flesh that makes war with our spirits every day of our lives. And we pray that you would have mercy upon us, remembering our frame and forgiving us, and having pity upon us this day. And look into our hearts and hear the words of our prayer that we are assembled to worship Thee and to give Thee the glory due unto Thy name.
Oh, Father, we thank Thee for saving us and adopting us. We thank Thee for the forgiveness of sins. We thank Thee for the Lord Jesus Christ, the second Adam, undoing the effect of the first Adam upon us and for us, that we shall inherit eternal glory with Him, that we shall be joint heirs with Him of all that You have, and that we shall reign upon the earth. Our Father, have mercy this day upon us. We pray the same blessing and no less for all our brethren, alone or assembled, scattered throughout the earth. And we pray that you would stir up their ministers, their pastors, to feed them with knowledge and understanding that there would be grasped this day the glorious blessings that are held out for us in the gospel that have yet been realized and that we would live our lives accordingly. That seeing that all these things around us shall be dissolved, including the Super Bowl, let us, Heavenly Father, look toward heaven and all those things that shall stand forever. The new heaven and the new earth, our God and His Son, Jesus Christ. We thank Thee that Thou hast brought us into fellowship with Him and them. We thank Thee that this day we assemble with a great church, an innumerable company of angels, and a church whose membership is found in the book of life. Lord God, forgive us and have mercy upon us, and direct our minds and our thoughts, our zeal and our energy into your worship this morning. Thou art worthy of the best that we can give thee. And though our efforts will be feeble compared to the efforts made in heaven, We pray that they will be sanctified by the Holy Spirit of God, justified, washed, and cleansed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. This day we will exalt and remember the death of our older brother, the second Adam, the high king of heaven, your beloved son. And we will see that death as the purchase price and the redeeming factor in delivering this universe from the sin that we brought upon it. Heavenly Father, have mercy. Now bless our singing and our praying. Preserve our privileges in this nation to worship Thee this way and continue to open Your Word to us that we might behold wondrous things there. Let us never practice or emphasize anything in our assemblies or our church that is not in proportion to Your specific commands for New Testament assemblies. Let us, O Lord, worship Thee as purely as possible. Forgive us our failures in the past. Give us wisdom to face the future. And O Lord Jesus, come quickly and deliver us out of this world that we might realize all that You purchased and all that You have planned for us. And it's in Your blessed name that we commit our souls this day Amen.